0: This is Carl, this is Mark,
1: and this is Sarah,
0: and this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood films. This month, we are taking a look back at Babe to see if our nostalgia is warranted. I think this was Sarah's pick. It was. It's it's been a while. All right, so Sarah, you're going to start us off with a 60-second synopsis, telling our audience the plot of Babe in one minute or less. So I'm going to pull up a timer here for you. Are you ready? Sure. And in three, two, one, go.
1: A pig is one from a county fair by a farmer. His name is Babe. He goes through various adventures to learn how to fit on the farm, including getting into trouble with a duck, getting adopted by a dog, getting into fights with a different dog, fighting a cat, trying to fight some humans, and then eventually he wins a sheep herding competition and earns the respect of that Doug, played by Hugo Weaving, and the respect of his farmer owner. The end.
0: That was 30 (laughs) seconds or less. Pretty great. Also, (laughs) I'm pretty sure you said Doug instead of dog somewhere in there.
2: And you said that the farmer's name was Babe. Yeah, (laughs) he was adopted by a farmer whose name is Babe.
1: (laughs) Well... Yes. Yeah. Well, well, if we yes. could see
0: that if we could see the commas in the sentence it yes. might have been clear yeah all righty let's let's get into long form what did we see as adults that we may have missed as children uh so i don't know if i even saw this as a
2: kid.
0: <gasps> i vaguely remember it but like like nothing rang a bell for me now i i, I had to give the
2: big surprised gasp but i so i know i saw this when i was younger but apparently i I remembered basically what the plot was, and I knew what the old man's face was gonna look like. <laughs> First, <laughs> so you I... <laughs> knew
0: what James Cromwell looked yep. like.
2: So I knew who the, I knew who the actor was, and like the basically that the pig went to the farm and somehow saved them and got the money. But I couldn't, and I knew it was something about being a sheepdog. But yeah, a lot of the like other like how it was told in chapters. And oh, little, like I had completely forgotten about that stuff. Um, I. And all the stuff with the cat and the duck and that weirdness I had... (laughs) I
1: remembered pretty much all of this. I just saw it through a different lens. Like, I remembered everything from the thing about pig heaven and the thing about the duck Trying to save his life by becoming a rooster. I remembered the thing about the dog fight. I oh, remembered wow. the thing about the wife wanting to murder the pig for I, dinner. I forgot
2: all about the duck rooster until he started crowing. And I said, oh yeah, that kind of, <laughs> it's kind I, of familiar, but I didn't I remember, remember it until I saw it. S-
1: sadist mice transition because I really loved mice as a child. They were one of my favorite animals.
2: Sure. I
0: probably would have enjoyed them as a kid. They were a little annoying. Mm -hmm. I
1: remembered dog depression. I remembered ma the sheep and getting murdered. I remember (laughs) I remember literally all of this. Literally every point But somehow watching it this time I went, was was it I messed up as a child? Is this movie messed (laughs) Uh, up?
2: Yeah, because apparently kids movies were made back then to show everyone dying and that's okay.
1: And we've other movies that like Carl has been like this was really yeah. depressing, and I'm like, no, this was totally normal. I love this movie. This is the first one where I'm like, it's because oh. this movie
2: had <laughs> animals dying instead of people. I right. don't know,
1: but like, <laughs> this is the first one where I really like look at it and go, I love this movie as a child. I saw it in theaters. This is the first one looking back. I'm like, was there something wrong with me as a child?
0: Was there <laughs> no, something- <laughs> I think like kids don't have the frame of reference to know what a farm is for. They just like, they know the animal noises. They know the old McDonald song, but like they don't connect that animals die on a farm because that's how a farm makes money.
1: I don't think that was really it because like I understood what pig heaven was. Like, I knew that meant, oh, the pigs are gonna die. (laughs) I just was like, I don't, I don't, because like, I, I have relatives that work on farms, my, my great uncle, they have a, they raise cows for, for food and things like that. But I'm just like, I just. This is the first one. And it's not even the, like... Like, this whole thing is existentially depressing. Yeah. A dog goes through depression because her babies get adopted. Several animals have identity crises.
0: Well, yeah, the running (laughs) theme is you need a purpose. You need a job on the farm or you'll die and get eaten. Mm -hmm. Like...
1: (laughs) all of rex's storyline is like insanely like depressing he he goes through aggression depression because he's feels like he's being replaced and because he's not coming to terms well with his with oh yeah being i disabled. forgot all
2: i i had no idea that, that when they did that whole flashback thing i was i mm-hmm. had completely his forgotten tragic that backstory.
1: stuff oh i were i I didn't remember, like, I remember there was a tragedy. I didn't remember the whole thing about the sheep. I specifically weirdly remember every time the dogs were depressed, they hid under that wagon and did the little, like, sad flat face. Because uh, my dogs <laughs> Of that course, a lot. Sarah
2: would remember things about the dogs. <laughs>
1: that they, like, of they
2: hide under.
0: So, uh, for me, this was always, like, a reference. I don't know if I remember seeing the film, but, like, I knew of Babe. It had gotten, like... Especially the sequel, Babe 2, Pig in the City, was always like a a reference point or a punchline for things. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing I knew was the animatronics in this film, created by the Jim Henson Creature Shop, are like... This was a departure for them because this might have been around the first time they didn't do puppetry in a film it was all full animatronics. And I have a book on Jim Henson, so I looked up some of this stuff. They had to basically start from scratch in making photorealistic animals for this film, where traditionally you put latex over foam and like you do motors in it, but to get the animals to look right as they're moving, they had to like make artificial bones and artificial muscles and then put the skin on it so they could intersplice like, the real-life pig with the animatronic pig, and there would be no noticeable difference between the two. And, like, from that technical standpoint, this movie is amazing.
2: I mean, if you did that now, it would just be CG stuff. Right. So it was a big deal
1: then. I think it it ages. Like, there's definitely times you can be like, oh, that definitely has to be a puppet. But I don't think it's like, oh, that's a really, like... You, know, you when can there's tell like
2: a, when it's not, like, I mean, when yeah. they're talking, obviously their mouths move to the words and it's like, animals wouldn't do that, but- Well, sure. But, not you real know, like,
1: Well, it, Mr. Ed, it you just stick peanut butter on the so. mouth. Um, but, or if it's like a close-up on the foot and it's doing
0: uh-huh. things.
1: <laughs> the the only thing, I, the only thing I
0: noticed in one of these, I think, because uh, they didn't make an animatronic dog, I think occasionally they have a real dog on it, but they need the real dog to talk. And so the mouth moving up and down is really not great CG. But that's like the only special effect I could like point to is like, oh, that's not as good as it could be today.
1: The, the goose head is a little aflacky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but the pig, which is the main focus, the pig is very good.
0: The pig is the, so good.
1: The pig is very cute. His little wig head. <laughs> I don't know what kind of pig this is. Again, I'm not a pig scientist.
0: Never claimed
2: to be a pig scientist. <laughs> Never claimed to be a
1: pig scientist. Whatever breed of pig has this little, like, toupee little spot on <laughs> its head. Very a cute. tuft
2: of hair. I t- don't...
0: Because, t- like, that's the one thing that grows throughout the film. Like, I don't know if pigs get much bigger within a year. But, like, that's one thing I noticed as an adult. It's like, as... Because they get him in, like, summer, thinking that by Christmas they
2: can have a nice pork dinner. Well, the wife was constantly measuring, trying to fatten him up. Yeah, so. and, like,
0: he Ooh. never gets any bigger. Like, if they decided to eat him for Christmas instead of the duck that they did eat, I don't know if it could serve six people.
2: Uh, did they have six people? I guess they, they, had they, they did have the family there. They had there. four
0: adults and two chids. Two chids? chids. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken kids.
1: Uh, the wife... You know is nuts the wife is a british sitcom character she's like keeping up appearances are you being served it's kind of hilarious
2: (laughs) so that's what i imagine from the scenery that this is a british european type farm but most of the characters have just like american accent so
1: yeah you're not wrong all the humans are british and the two dogs are But
2: british. like their kids were not the kid the kids when they came for that dinner were not well british accent I thought
1: the kids were british
2: I don't remember the accents it, it
0: wasn't noticeable to me the difference I saw like why this is probably like a british countryside is that come winter come christmas like it looks exactly yes, the same Yes, there as was summer. no
2: snow. And when they started talking about Christmas, I was like, really? It doesn't look like it's that cold there. <laughs> right, Well, exactly. also the whole,
1: like, county fate sort of thing is very British. James Cromwell is obviously British. Um, The wife is British. I thought the kids were British. I don't know. The two dogs are British because it's, well, I guess Australian and British. Because it's Hugo Weaving, who's Australian. And then it's, um, what's her name, Professor Sprout, from
0: uh, Harry okay. Potter, sure. who is...
1: Variable eh? A, who is uh, British Australian.
0: I love Hugo Weaving's voice.
1: <sighs> He's fantastic.
0: I I haven't seen him in much for a while, but like this just reminded me of like his Agent Smith and his Elrond. And it was just like, ah, uh, I can listen to that man speak all day.
1: I'd love. I I need mean, like. Books narrated by him, like very fancy books. Here's the one thing I hadn't remembered, which I feel like I should have noticed it at the time, is the voice of Babe.
2: It sounded I, I did not actually do any research after the fact, I but I knew Chucky. that the voice sounded familiar. Yeah! It's Chucky that's what, from
1: Rugrats! That
2: was the first thing oh, that I thought. But okay. I, didn't.
1: I mean, she's obviously that voice actress up, is a million other things as well, but it's Chucky from And I'm like, why did I not notice that as a child? Because it definitely is Chucky from (laughs)
0: Rugrats. I, I can see it now, but I didn't piece that together myself.
1: Also, the weirdest thing is the the babe, the la-la-la, la-la-la, is it was everywhere. It was like in every commercial. I didn't realize that continued on to him continuing to sing into the Christmas carol. <laughs> I'd forgotten that part. He kept singing and I'm like, what do you mean he keeps singing? In all the trailers, it's just the la-la-la-la. <laughs>
2: I don't remember anything about. I the don't trailer, remember so That meant nothing. Sarah, you may be having a fever dream. <laughs> someone
1: will remember this. Okay. Someone will. Maybe my sister.
2: One of our thousands of listeners. One of uh-huh. someone
1: who who watched Babe when it came out, like I did, and saw it in theaters, will remember that stupid Babe like randomly humming Jingle Bells, and it starts with him just going la la la, <laughs> and that is a very good impression. Was this a
2: uh, was this a Christmas movie? Hmm. I don't remember That's when it was question. released. I didn't look, but
1: um, I was—I don't remember it being a Christmas movie. But then again, when this came out, I lived in Southern California, and seasons had no meaning to me. <laughs>
0: oh, it, it's like COVID. Uh, um, uh, let's see <laughs> what. Because time has no meaning. Uh, anyway, but no, this was released in August of
1: 1995. Ooh, I was six years old. <laughs> Um I saw it in theater. I remember I, I cuz I asked my mother I'm like, I feel like I saw this in theaters and she's like, yes, we I saw it. I was about the to theater. turn
2: 12. Oh, oh my you're gosh, an you're old the me. oldest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh Girl was this would have been what 95. That's the same year Toy Story came out. Yeah, it's, it's the year wait. Oh, never mind. I was going to say it's the year my
0: brother was born. It's it wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> the 90s were a blur. It
1: was like I think there was that big an age gap between you and your siblings
0: no he was born at 93 and i was five when he was born and so in my brain i confuse 93 and 95 okay. anyway
1: anyway babe uh can we talk about i don't know what i want to talk about now
0: well let's so we talked about the chapters in this because it is based upon a book it is And I, well, one of the interesting things I want to bring up first, uh, reading that Jim Henson book, apparently the people who bought the rights to this, they wanted to do the live action film, and they searched for years to find something that could be as photorealistic as they wanted it to be for this film, and they surprised a lot of people because this movie would have been much easier to do as animation. hmm And I think their weight was worth it because, god
2: dang, the animatronics are wonderful this. Because there were, sh- like, Charlotte's Web movies that were animated, and those, you know, because it's all animals, you can make them talk pretty easily as an animated movie. So it would have made sense.
0: Yeah, and I think it was worth it because I'm looking at its, uh, how much it made. It cost $30 million to make, and it made... 254 million in the box office. Ooh,
1: that is a good return. Right.
0: Which I think for an animated film would not have done as well. Like, the spectacle in this really pays off.
1: And, and well, Charlotte's Web had been out for quite a while at that point, Charlotte's Web, the animated movie, was still very, very popular in the mid-90s. I mean, I still watch it probably at least once a year at that point. And so probably coming out with Babe animated, you're still, well, why do I need to watch this if I've already got the very, right, very exactly. classic Charlotte's Web animation? And also, I think with the fact that it's set in the British countryside, having that live scenery... And having that farm.
0: Yeah, it is a beautiful countryside. So. For me, the chapters didn't work. And I I think this is a problem of adapting a book to a movie in that, like, even though this is a children's book, I imagine it's you know somewhat of an early reader or what have you or something a, a, an adult would read to a child as they're going to bed. It is probably a chapter book. And the thing about chapter books is you don't read them all and don't read it all in one sitting traditionally.
2: <laughs> Unless you're Sarah.
0: <laughs> right. And that's why I said traditionally, because we all know Sarah's habit with reading. (laughs) It allows for, like, each individual chapter to have its own arc and its own denouement. And, like, when you finish a chapter, maybe you put it aside and you come back to the story later. Having chapters in a movie, for me, it made it feel like the film didn't have much momentum. In that, like, a chapter would start and it would have its arc and complete something, and then it would end and the screen would go blank. I'd be like, "Oh, okay, that was pretty okay." And then it would do another chapter. It's just like, "Oh, I it it already kind of ended for me. I don't know if I'm ready to like pick up and go to another chapter with this thing. It forcing breaks upon the audience made it feel a bit dragging to me.
2: Well, and then you had the mice voices narrating every chapter title, which was a little <laughs> yeah
1: i like the mice but i like i like tiny I, I, see <laughs> i
0: liked alvin and the chipmunks as a kid mm. and this is this is very much the same thing where like they pitch up the voices of the actors for the mice reading here and like i probably would have enjoyed them a lot as a kid i can't stand that high-pitched voice as an adult
2: and i don't i don't know if i felt the same like I, it didn't necessarily break up continuity for me because you could still follow the overall Story. Even it was just strange. Like I, could, after the first two of them, I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that since it's based off a book, these must have been chapter titles." And then I kind of expected them every now and then, but it was still weird to just have a break in the middle like you don't see a lot of other movies doing that and there are plenty of movies based on books that don't have to break it up based on the chapters of the book so it was just kind of like you're getting into part of this story and then it just cuts off to a blank screen and you get another title in the middle of it where you could just continue the story without that and it probably you'd probably still be able to follow it.
1: Uh, there was small tiny mice singing the matador song from Karma. Carmen, and I'm all for that, so that's my opinion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when was this?
1: Uh I don't remember. It's somewhere in the middle, but they do the. Doo, 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 doo. Is it the? Uh, is it the Matador song? But it's some song from Carmen uh, that they sing somewhere in the middle. I, bum, 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 that is not the Matador song.
0: I know, but is that from Carmen?
1: That is from Carmen.
0: That is okay. I. That is the one thing about Carmen. I'm glad I remembered that part correctly.
2: It's funny that, that you bring up the music because there there was that one theme song that comes up multiple times and at one point when Babe himself is he his self? he gets depressed because he learns that he was only there to be eaten and then he doesn't want to perform anymore and the, James the guy from starts dancing along to this song and singing it to him to make him not depressed anymore. I
1: love that scene. It makes no sense. I do not it understand doesn't. why he went into a full jig. Don't care. James Cromwell doing a full jig. I'll take it. But
2: the, I, I So my point, this like, song that is playing multiple times throughout the movie, I swear that I knew it from somewhere and I w- tried to look it up and Shazam only give, like, different places that I try to find only give me the title of the movie from this, so- or the song oh. from this soundtrack. So... I don't it's know if it opera. does exist from anywhere else, or possibly I just recognized it from this movie from when I was a kid, somehow. <laughs> but it was it just stuck in my head, and I, it, so, it sounded familiar to me, but I had no idea what it was. Oh, it's an God.
1: adaptation from The Organ Symphony by Camille saint sion See,
2: it's, I knew it, it sounded like a hymn, almost, to me, but... Uh, so I, I was going to try to help, and I looked up the soundtrack from
0: Babe, the movie, The first two titles I saw on this was Track 16, Dog Tragedy, Track 18, Ma's Death. It's just like, oh no, 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 can't look at this.
2: I just thought it was funny because when i tried to look it up the only thing i could find was the song called that'll do pig that'll do and i'm like well that must be from this movie but i don't know
0: uh so we should talk about a couple of things i do want to get back to cromwell's dancing because you're right that scene shouldn't work it makes no sense as to why singing and dancing for a pig would make it want to eat again but He's given such a good treatment by the film. Like, Cromwell makes that scene work. And, like, I didn't think I would enjoy it when he started singing. And then it just kept building.
2: And that scene is fantastic. It's two oh, yeah, it movies is- in a row with Irish jiggies in them. <laughs> That's what they call them jiggies. Yep. <laughs> uh huh. That's how it came out of my mouth. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I also want to talk about the character
0: for Babe. Uh, because. Babe doesn't really have a character. He is a, a, like, a naive child who approaches everything with kindness. And that just kind of works for him throughout. And I felt like watching this, like, it would make sense to a child watching this. As an adult, like, having a main character with, like, no flaws didn't make him relatable to me. I don't know. How would you guys feel about babe and how he approached life and just everything working out for him
1: he's a cute little pig
2: (laughs) i guess i could agree with that though because i remember growing up where it just felt like everybody would treat you like oh well you're just the best kid ever but just (laughs) because you're young and they want to you know give you encouragement or whatever So I could see that where, you know, for him, everything goes right and everybody likes him no matter what he like. The one time where he tries to listen to what the dogs tell him and he starts biting the sheep and they're all like, what are you doing? We thought you were such a nice pig. And he's like, oh, but I am. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do because I'm told that's the way to do it. And suddenly they all like him because he's just doing what he's told even though it's not really what he wanted to do or something. So stuff just works out for him regardless of how he approaches it.
1: He's like the brave little toaster, but a pig positive and does stuff
2: i i guess that's a character
0: that doesn't necessarily speak to me <laughs> or like or like little carl flag. hates
2: people who are positive no no, no.
0: The, the characters <laughs> that well that is maybe true uh but the characters <laughs> that i side with are like they're the the people who uh circumvent the system or like they work they know the tricks of the trade they know how to like get by like you're you're indiana jones or you're aladdin like
1: i don't think very small children need aladdin's that much
2: although you're you that's how we end with, with aladdin with- though so. i know
1: but do we want the children to turn out like carl and i
0: yes <laughs> like i'm great what are you talking about
1: It, really?
0: (laughs) But like, just having a character who's just super positive and super nice and just everyone wants to help them because they're positive and nice. I don't know. To me, I couldn't, I couldn't identify with Babe because that's not the way that I approach life, I guess.
1: But you are a 32 year old man.
0: Correct. (laughs) I don't see, I don't see a problem Why wouldn't I identify with a young pig? Tell me why. (laughs)
1: Ain't nothing but a heartache!
0: God damn it.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying I think children should have allowed positive pig role models.
0: Alright. As opposed to that stupid, porky pig! To be clear, I didn't dislike Babe. I thought he was, he's, what he's supposed to be is a very sweet, innocent character. It's just that, for a protagonist, doesn't necessarily speak to me. The other thing that didn't speak to me in this film is this film doesn't have a very strong, like, villain. At times, kind of the farmer is the antagonist. At times, kind of Rex is the antagonist. But by the end of the film, they're both on Babe's side. They're all working together. Uh, I guess, like, the poachers or whatever they were, the the rustlers were, quote-unquote, the antagonists and the, the dogs they had with them.
2: But that was only for, like, ten Exactly
0: less than that. It feels like Babe doesn't have to overcome a lot of challenges in that way, in that, like, nobody's actively working against him, and he doesn't have to really try that hard
2: to succeed.
1: Society.
2: I mean... <laughs> yeah i (laughs) well i was gonna say i i I guess what this what led me into this train of thought but the wife is not really antagonist but she was trying to eat him for most of the movie (laughs) and and i don't know what caused they're getting ready for christmas dinner or whatever and she asks the husband if he's gonna go out and kill the pig and get ready for the dinner when when he's gonna go do it and then he just talks her out of it i don't know what exactly changed his mind because know you would either. you would think that this seems like the traditional christmas dinner that they do every year like if they're used to just be just having pig for christmas dinner I do not think what they was it that, What was it that made him change his mind on this, just for this one time? So to be
0: clear, I don't think they are used to having pig for Christmas dinner. The pig, winning the pig at the fair, they were going to have a very special Christmas that year.
1: They are used to having duck or goop.
2: So, but still, what changed his mind then at the last I second? think he's
1: already started to see that Babe is a very strange pig.
2: Even though he, he hadn't done any sheepdog work up to that point. No, yet. but
1: he had done some weird had he gone in the house already
0: no well hmm he (laughs) may have i'm trying to look here now okay he had gone in the house uh because he needed to take care of the alarm clock with the duck needed right and so (laughs) he he has been painted blue and the farmer saw the tracks and maybe, maybe that's why he thought, well, this is a very strange pig. But I don't know why that would encourage him not to kill the pig. Because um,
1: he is a very strange man.
0: Yes, he is a very strange man. Though the only thing I can think of as to why the film gives a justification that they don't eat him for Christmas dinner is he says to his wife, it's a shame we won't get the best pork prices at the, f- the fair next year. And uh, when the son-in-law, I, I think the daughter is their child. Anyway, when-
1: Yes, the daughter is their child.
0: When the son-in-law overlooks their um, their finances, he said, well, the farm is losing a lot of money. Every month, you guys are spending more than you make, which is a one lighter that never gets addressed again. Yeah. So perhaps they wanted to make money at the fair so that they could help finance the farm. 100% I, I
1: mean, no.
2: I do remember that conversation, but yeah, it never gets brought up again, ever. I think that's
1: more just to show the difference between the kids and the parents. The thing about the it's a shame about the farm is just to trick the wife, I think. I think he's already seen that the pig's kind of unusual, and he's trying to trick the wife.
0: Do you think that connection happened when they met and Babe peed on him? Like, is that (laughs) the moment?
1: I mean, I think he has just noticed the pig doing unusual things hanging out with the dogs
0: That's true. is probably
1: unusual probably the way that like the dogs treat the pig like the fact that fly has kind of adopted him is probably unusual the fact that he went in the house and did stuff is probably unusual and he's probably like huh I want to see what, where where this this ends
0: up I want to see what this pig is up to. I want to see what this pig yeah. is capable of. But you could I'm He's capable of breaking
2: into my home and ruining my living room. I want to see what else he could do. The way that he said that to the wife though, you could t- like I think it no, was right. it was an excuse. It wasn't like he was yes. actually trying thinking that the prices would be better. It was just well, maybe we'll just put it off and see what happens.
1: Cuz he didn't kill the annoying duck either.
0: I guess he is presented as like a man who um, gets a certain thought in his head, and he, like he has to explore it, and then like they they show this through his fence. In that, at the beginning of the film, he has a fence whereby a dog can pull a cord, and the fence will open, and like. It demonstrates that, like, the fence opens too quickly and it goes into a stump. And so later in the film, he kind of works the problem through mechanically and very proud of his solution that now when he pull the cord, a bunch of gears trigger and it slows it down. And so it opens nice and slow. So I can definitely see him as, like, working through a solution, iterating upon um an idea as he's mulling it over in his brain so maybe this is the first like machination of him seeing okay this pig is interesting what can i use this pig for so maybe also I think at Christmas time the pig was too small to be eaten for
2: Christmas. Yeah, dinner. that that's true.
1: Too. I mean, definitely the pig was too small.
0: So, uh Sarah brought up a good point that I want to talk about because I think this is a very good example is like uh the juxtaposition between like this family and maybe a more basically the families watching this film of the, the farmer and his uh his children coming home for Christmas. Or I guess his daughter and her family coming home for Christmas, where the people on the farm of the farmer and his wife are just in a completely different mindset than the rest of the world, which is represented by this little family where the the kids want everything that they've seen on TV. The daughter gives them a fax machine that they have no interest in using whatsoever. And like, I like the juxtaposition where these are very simple people. These are country folk who have... No interest in the big city life, or commercialism as we understand it. I guess, uh, how did you feel about, like, the kids not wanting the present that uh, Cromwell gave them, even though, like, he spent months in that dollhouse? To me, that was a crushing moment.
2: It kind of seems like a normal family. <laughs> I I can appreciate that, like, you see, like you were talking about how it's that idyllic... idyllic landscaping and being out on the farm like i there are times that i would prefer that over living in a city um and i don't really even live in that big of a city where i am but it's still i feel like at this point uh where i am it would be good to still have technology and modern conveniences and stuff (laughs) i think i would miss that living out there but i i can appreciate the country life and sometimes i think i would enjoy it but i don't know i think i would miss some of the conveniences yeah, so I, I may be mean. more on the like I I don't know I may be more on the kids side of it but I feel like they were just trying to be helpful like hey here's this new technology it's a fax machine now we can keep in touch with each other which which I don't remember anybody ever having their own fax machine the only places I've ever seen those are businesses so I've never I, I don't know what <laughs> that part of it was strange to me anyway but I think they were more popular in the 80s like
0: When you had the... This is even before the giant uh, cell phones. (laughs) So, like, the ability to transfer, like... Text in that way was, uh, you know, amazing. I, it was a I, could, br- I
2: mean, like, yeah, it was a new thing. This brand new technology that you can send this to someone. You mean I could tech- scan
0: it at home and it'll print out at your home?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I just don't remember anybody ever having one of those in their own house when I was growing up. Yeah, I guess
0: uh, the the point I was trying to make is like we see the uh, the farmer working on that dollhouse. Uh, at the beginning of the film. Like, when he gets the call that he's one babe, he is assorting something in the dollhouse. And then when babe breaks in, babe knocks over the paint. The paint is to finish off the dollhouse and make it all nice and neat. And then when he gives the dollhouse to his granddaughter for Christmas, the only thing she can say is, this isn't the one I wanted. It's not the one I saw on TV. It's like, oh, these are shitty children.
2: <laughs> yeah. I But... Now, I don't have kids, but I have nieces and nephews, and I can say from experience that that's exactly the way kids would react. <laughs> so. You're you're right. It's the way
0: I would react as a kid. It is a different insight as an adult than, like, I, as an adult, somebody making something by hand for me is like, wow, that's amazing. Thank you. It made me think of this dollhouse that has been in my family for at least two generations now. Uh, that my mom played with as a kid and has traveled from house to house with us where it it takes up the full space of a a card table so think like three foot by three foot dollhouse and like uh, everything in it I think somebody made it for them and like did a whole bunch of wiring for it so that like lights go on in the house and got a bunch of furniture for it and so, I don't know. I I sided with Cromwell probably because I have that in my life as, like, this dollhouse has been a tradition for my family.
1: I would just like to say that I was correct that the Carmen song that was used was the Turidor song. <laughs> which Thank is the God
0: bo- we looked that up. Which
2: was the <laughs> yeah, Bullfighter no song.
1: So I was correct.
2: Oh, uh. Fair enough. The way that Sarah keeps up with the conversation is just amazing.
1: I, I didn't have anything to <laughs> I- add to this. I don't have any nieces or nephews. I don't deal with children except at my work, and most of them I want to punch in the face because they fair. won't stop that, touching that's things definitely and moving a Sarah
2: response
1: Well, I work in retail, but I did have something to add about Carmen <laughs> and how I was correct about which song it was.
0: Yeah, uh, so, another thing I wanted to bring up is something I think Sarah's talked about already, but we needed more in-depth in it. of Dog like depression? The, yeah, the emotional notes in this film. Because there are a lot of heavy moments in this film That, like, a child wouldn't necessarily pick up on,
2: and Sarah definitely didn't. Well, I mean, the movie starts with the pig family being broken up as they go away to get killed.
0: Yeah.
1: There's a difference. I did, and I understood it. Oh. I just didn't care as much.
0: Gotcha. So you understood that Babe's mom... Getting taken away at the beginning. She is going to die.
1: I understood she was getting turned into bacon.
0: Right, right. And you felt nothing when Babe, in his little kid voice, said, Bye, Mom, for the last time.
1: It was sad, but I didn't have that mental thing as I did when I watched it this time. I went, Oh... This is real messed up. Now, there was that,
2: but then, I mean, later on, so that is just more of an implied thing. Then you have the Christmas thing where it's like all ominous music and the farmer wanders out to the shed and you hear, shing, and then the duck is there for the dinner. (laughs) But then you see (laughs) the mom, like the mother sheep, all bloodied up from a dog attacking her and then he, babe gets blood all over his face from trying to console her as she dies.
1: Several animals have post traumatic stress.
2: Right, though the the duck one for Christmas
0: is subverted because immediately after we see the duck on the table, the duck that we know flies into screen again. Just like, oh, that was another duck that you never met.
1: Except, I guess it was kind of his like duck girlfriend or something, maybe. I don't know. He's like, it was like Rosanna. She had a beautiful soul.
0: Speaking of that duck, what was it, Ferdinand? Ferdinand. The duck- yeah, the duck that crows like a, uh, a rooster. He leaves at one point, and oh, yeah. then he comes back, and I don't remember why or when he comes back.
1: He comes back right near the end, and he falls out of the sky, and they don't really explain it. And I don't know if it's just because, like... Maybe
2: he went south for the winter, except... Or maybe he just Except he was around for Christmas, so I don't know.
1: Maybe he was just really bad at trying to escape and got lost and somehow ended up back at the far...
2: Flying he's in like,
1: circles Well, for and
0: darn. <laughs> so, like that emotional moment of the duck in for Christmas. I felt something a little bit because, like, oh God, we know about that duck. That duck just wanted. That duck just wanted to live, to have a job, and like fulfill a purpose. And then, oh, it's not actually that duck.
1: See that that twist. I already remembered, so I was just like, yeah. But then he's like, it was Rosanna. She had a beautiful soul, and I'm like, why did they put that part in? <laughs> like, what? Ferdinand knows too much. Ferdinand is like the crazy uncle. I think they wanted to uncle. tell us she
0: had a beautiful soul because we can't taste the food. And that just lets us know that the duck tasted amazing because it had such a wonderful spirit.
1: Ferdinand is like the crazy uncle who's like the government's out to get you. But it turns Except out he's right. the government is... It's like... Randy Quaid's character in Mm -hmm. Independence Day, Day, who's like, I'm a crazy, like, conspiracy nut. Turns out the aliens did abduct him. (laughs) Turns out the humans do want to kill Ferdinand.
2: Humans basically want to kill all of the animals. Not all of them. Some some of
1: them you can't eat. (laughs) He wants to eat all the animals, too. (laughs) King was not okay with that. King is like, nope.
2: I guess
0: they didn't want to kill the dogs. And, like, Babe seems okay after learning that people eat his species and that other animals die
2: on the farm but he didn't to really, get eat Like, somebody, because he knew that they were going to eat the duck, but it wasn't until later when Jerk Cat talked to him that he found out that humans eat pigs, too.
0: Yeah, but he, like, he's upset for a little bit, and then he just seems, ah, alright, that's fine.
2: Well, that was because the jig was just that good. Right.
0: So this was an interesting thing that I thought about as an adult. Uh, so, assuming they—assuming Babe 2, Pig of the City doesn't exist, and we only have this movie to judge on, Babe finds a purpose. Do you think Babe, given the chance to live out his entire life on the farm, and, like, not be slaughtered prematurely, they're still going to
2: eat him when he dies, right? You're not gonna let that food go to waste. No. But I feel like he's so famous now that he would have been a big deal. They may have just sold him to make money off of it. <laughs> but someone might eat him eventually.
1: No, here's here's my thing. Okay, one, they'll probably breed him. He's now a famous smart pig. You're, you're going to stud that guy.
0: Yeah, they, they've already studded Rex. They they are like, very much used to that. You
1: You have a show pig, you stud that thing. You get your money. That's how they're going to save the farm. Um, two, if if he lives to a good old well age, at a certain point, the meat gets too old. It isn't good. You don't eat it. It just gets too tough. It's too, it's not great for eating. You just bury that pig.
0: I mean, you could be right. I don't know at what age pigs are normally slaughtered. And, like, I know that wild boar does get hunted, but, like, they're... They're not living to a ripe old age. They're probably in somewhat of their adulthood as opposed to like elderly.
1: Now, if he gets like something happened to him and he gets like struck by lightning, I've heard meat that's struck by lightning is delicious.
0: Well, yeah, it's got all that crackling.
1: Um, I was told this by my uncle who had several cows struck by lightning and he said it was great.
0: Yeah, I have to imagine that just like
2: you don't even have to cook it
0: then. Yeah, it was just, like, it would cook from the inside as, like, all the electricity travels through it. It'd be very easy to overcook, though, I imagine, given, like, the amount of current going through at any given time.
1: I'm gonna get put on a list if I keep
0: googling. Yeah, don't, don't google, (laughs) don't google lightning-struck food.
2: (laughs) What makes you think you're not already on the list, Sarah? All right. Another emotional moment that really
0: hit me hard uh, was when... I think Sarah's already mentioned when flies pups get, uh, sold, uh, it just, like, these are puppies we met as soon as Babe joined the farm, they have little kid voices, and they're adorable throughout the beginning of the movie, and then there's, like, we have to watch their mom say goodbye to them as each one goes individually.
1: Except for those three that got taken together.
2: Is this not a regular thing also? don't they sell off pups from the farm? So is this the first time she's ever had kids then, I guess?
1: I mean... Maybe. Did it say how far back that... Rex's accident happened, because if they were show dogs before then, and that accident wasn't too far back, they probably didn't breed them until they finished showing. Again, I'm not a dog scientist, or a dog breeder and or shower. I just want to- all of my speculations about animals in this video are strictly speculations.
0: You believe that this is the first litter of children that Fly has ever had.
1: I don't know it's possible she gets depressed every time it's possible like
0: I get that this absence of her puppies like leads that like makes her bond with babe all the more special because he's kind of her kid that gets to stay on the farm and doesn't get sold off and she is going to try to keep him for as long as she can.
2: Except when he first showed up, they all thought he was just a dumb pig, and they knew that he was just there to get eaten. So, so why, why would Except she bond the first with night. him? Why would she want to bond with him if she knows all her other kids are gone, and now she knows he's gonna? No, get no, no, eaten, no. You don't get close to someone if you know they're gonna leave you. Right, but they bonded
0: the first night when the puppies were still there. And Babe was sad in the barn and crying for his mom. And her maternal instinct kicked in. She's like, I'll look after you until you get your feet under you.
1: And he said, and he talked like an intelligent being. And she's like, oh, maybe the pig's not a dumb pig. Maybe this is a special pig. Anyway. But apparently sheep um, are
2: still dumb. We
1: we Well, there's a whole <laughs> thing and the sheep. The sheep and the dogs are stuck in their ways. And it's probably a thing about ethnocentrism. I don't remember the word I was trying to say, but about I animal don't know animal
2: racism. I animal say,
1: racism. I was
0: gonna say sheepophobic as a pun on xenophobic. It's nothing. We can what
2: keep was moving the, on. Uh, didn't we have I, another I was one was with ethno- animal sen- racism?
1: Sen- yes. The land, that before was time. land before time. Dinosaur yeah.
2: racism. Um,
1: but both the sheep and the dogs were racist towards each other. Yes. Um, but the point—that's not the point. I'm. <laughs> we're getting. <laughs> we Let's get can, the point. Uh, anyway. I think part of the problem is we don't know how old Fly is because Fly is voiced by Professor Sprout who has a middle-aged woman voice. Fly could be a year old and we just don't know it because again, Professor Sprout middle-aged woman voice.
0: Yeah, I guess I placed Fly at like the the middle age. Uh, So what, dogs live, how long do dogs live, 12 years?
1: Depends on the breed. Um, Border collies, I think, live Definitely more than Definitely out of puppyhood.
0: I would guess five or six.
1: Yeah. Hard to tell again. We have no idea. But it's either this is her first litter or all she's just always depressed when puppies go away. But if she was a show dog, they might not breed her um, in case that interrupts her training season.
0: Well, yeah, and that I certainly can't. would. It wouldn't interrupt Rex's. And they may have studied him out to other dogs uh, across the countryside. But it would definitely match with Fly's training. Speaking of, why doesn't Fly compete instead of Babe? She seems more suited to a sheepdog competition than a pig. Especially since she
2: knew all of the rules and the way to do it. Except her way of doing it is the, quote, wrong way in this movie. Because she attacks them and, and tries to force her will on them instead of just talking. (laughs)
1: Animal racism.
2: Like, this film
0: presents, like, if we just talk out our problems, then you'll always get what you
2: want. Or if you learn their secret organization chant, then you'll get what you want. If you join the the
1: sheep cult, then you can win the contest.
0: And, like, I completely understand this is a more positive message to teach children, that you should talk out your problems as opposed to, like... Yelling or hitting people. I figured to them it to out. What you want. What? This
1: is a 90-minute movie to teach children not to bite people
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes. pretty much uh, If you just ask politely Then people will march in pairs and they'll just go wherever you want them to go
1: If you bite people you're gonna get sedated and stuck under the wagon
0: Mm-hmm uh, so, we were talking about emotional moments, and Mark had brought up Ma's death, uh, which comes at the, uh, a bunch of wild dogs break-in, apparently. Which
2: is, uh, it was a pack of wild dogs, it but is, they're all different breeds. Do no, wild no, dogs all come two, together from different breeds? And- they're not
1: all different breeds. There's two long-haired German Shepherds and one what looks like some sort of bully breed mutt. And I don't know why they thought two long-haired German shepherds looked like wild roaming dogs. Well,
2: yeah, and then for most of the movie, they were t- the sheep were talking about the wolves that attack them, and then you see these dogs, which are, I mean, wolves are dogs, but this <laughs> yeah. you can tell these are not like wolf wolves. So it, I don't know. They explain it as a pack of wild dogs, but yeah, these
0: it- are. Big dogs though, and I don't know if a piglet would scare them off.
1: Oh, that that headbutt into the German Japanese is <laughs> the funny.
0: The other thing I had on this is we see uh Ma at her last moments of life and like she Oh, she has been gouged pretty drastically. Uh and, like she is she has open wounds in several parts of her body and like blood a lot of places. And, like, Babe gets a little bit of blood on his snout. And Mm -hmm. then he gets blamed for killing Ma. I don't know why a sheep farmer, who presumably has been doing this job for decades, wouldn't realize that, like, a pig couldn't make these wounds.
2: Or at least have seen something similar in the past if other wolves have attacked his sheep. Right. His immediate assumption
0: is... Well, that pig's gonna die. He killed a sheep.
2: Uh, Who was it that was narrating at that point? Uh, Ma. Uh, no, not Ma. Uh, Sky, I think. Was, was. talking about, well, yeah. you know the rules. Anyone that kills a sheep dies or something. It Maybe like... it was just
1: once a pig gets a taste for sheep blood, they just go crazy. It's like that thing about if animals get human blood, they just become a wild animal. Um, no... I was laughing at the, when you see Ma later when she's on the truck and her like tongue is sticking
2: out. Yeah. And that, then Rex sees it and he's like, Ugh.
1: Maybe I didn't get as traumatized by this movie. He's like,
2: uh. Yeah, for a movie with a lot of trauma. I am laughing a lot. <laughs> yeah. That does not surprise me though. Traumatic movies make Sarah laugh.
1: I am a problem.
2: Yeah, I
0: guess we got through pretty much everything I had. I mean, we can get to the the finale of this film. I guess we could talk about Babe's sheep herding technique, which is, uh, honestly, like, if I saw this, I'd be wildly
2: impressed. Well, he didn't really... uh, He talks to them, and then the sheep just walk in pairs over to the circle that they're supposed to be in and he just says um if the ladies with the bows could step out of the circle thank you
1: (laughs) if i saw this i would wonder what sort of drugs i was on
2: like the dogs would have to chase them around to get certain sheep to go where they want them and he just stands there and stares at them and it's like he's hypnotizing them exactly if you're if you can't hear him talking
0: if i saw this where A pig is just walking with these sheep who are moving in a very unnatural pattern for wild animals. I would assume, like, the pig is mind-controlling them somehow.
1: It's like, it's like aliens.
2: We, now we've talked in other movies how the music makes the movie. And that scene, there is, like, no sound at all. It's just, the whole audience is just. staring at this because they can't believe what's happening and there is nothing until hoggart yeah. I think it's until he closes the gate with them in the in the thing, at the, the pen at the end, and then all of a sudden everybody erupts with cheers and clapping. So it kind of... I think it kind of makes the point it's better to have no music because it's just... Because that makes the big sound at the end more impactful. So it's interesting that normally... Sometimes we'll talk about music making the movie, and this one it was the lack of music making it, so...
0: I think also the mute the lack of sound here works exceptionally well i think partially because like this sport isn't really a a spectacle it's not like a football game uh where you can have like the slow motion pass and the catch in midair like it's just animals walking on a field <laughs> and like if i heard like really big emotional moments i want to see something get scored like a puck go into a net or ball go into a various hole depending on the sport you're playing and that's not what this sport is about and i think having no sound here like it encapsulates the awe of the audience seeing something that they never imagined possible part of it is with no sound like these animals are moving very slowly on the field as well they're just kind of walking around And it makes these very mundane movements impressive in that there is just complete silence when this is going on. It gives a a sense of, like, importance to this moment that wouldn't otherwise be there.
2: So, one thing that I wondered, they keep showing the clock counting down while he's doing this, and I... I don't know what a normal speed is for something like this, but I would assume that they want to do it as quickly as possible. And, I mean, he wastes at least a full minute at the beginning just standing there staring at them and talking before they even start moving. So, I don't know. In the end, he scores perfect 10s from every judge, apparently, but I thought they had explained earlier in the film how the scoring works based on how you know the sheep that you get in place and if they you get any stragglers that are not with the group and i would assume that the timing has something to do with it if you get it done faster you get a higher score so it seemed to me like it was taking a really long time but maybe since he didn't have to herd them into it they just walked on their own maybe it ended up being faster for him but i don't know it's something they didn't really they didn't really cover it at all or focus on it but they kept showing this clock and i was like why why
0: <laughs> yeah i mean we have no context like majority of people watch this film never been to a sheep herding competition before and so like we don't have context as to what is a good time or you know what that clock is really used for in terms of scoring so you're right i don't know why they they would do that except to like show that Oh, time is running down, it's a literal ticking clock in a movie. It gives it a little bit of tension. And I think part of the the perfect score was that the judges have never seen anything quite like this before. And his hurting technique was perfect. Oh yeah, we didn't uh we didn't go into Rex's tragic backstory, which is another emotional <laughs> moment
2: in this film. There was a flood, and things happened. The end. Rex is
1: disabled now! <laughs>
2: Oh, it's so much worse than that. As
0: I remember it, um, he was herding a flock and a big storm was coming and part of the flock was safe. Majority of the flock was fine, but a part of it wasn't. And as a sheepdog, he needed to go and save these special few and he stayed out with them all night because they got lost in the rain and the storm and it flooded the area and all the sheep he went to save. Died, he survived, but he lost most of his hearing. Yes. Which means he can't compete anymore because he can't hear the master's commands.
2: Even though he can hear everything else people say to him throughout the entire movie. Except for the sheep at the end.
1: (laughs) Maybe animals communicate psychically.
0: Maybe. That would explain Babe's psychic control over sheep. And the final thing I want to talk about is the... um, I was going to use this as a uh, a tagline. Not the deus ex machina, but the deus you machina. Uh. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Where... You
2: can't use that now because you already mm. said it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to use it. I I went with another terrible pun. To me, it's like it's an artificial thing that they inserted at the end of this movie to justify the big dramatic moment at the end. Like, we didn't previously set up that every sheep ever has to follow your commands if you say this special phrase.
1: Bah Ram you. Uh-huh.
0: Go on, there's more of it.
1: I don't know yeah, why just it, it had that part, never is been a part brought
2: up before. Also, I don't remember why Rex had to go figure this out.
1: Because Rex was faster? How far did Rex have to go?
2: Yeah, because he had to jump on a truck to get back in time. But I, I guess I don't, they brought, you know, the whole point was that Babe being Babe was nice enough to talk to the sheep and get to know them instead of just chase them around like the dogs do. So if it was his personality that was winning them over, why did they uh, suddenly need this secret chant in order to... Because it wasn't his personality. He was able to herd the,
0: the farmer sheep because he had made friends with Ma, and Ma persuaded the rest of them. He doesn't have that in with these competition sheep, because he's never met them before.
2: So you think after this movie ends, if they try to keep using him as a sheepdog, does he have to do this chant every time in order to keep winning? And if so, is he just going to get a perfect score every time? And so no one will ever beat him.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he retires after this match. Like, you're never going to get better than this perfect score, and nobody's ever going to match this score.
1: No, no. Here's my sequel I want. They There's said, already a
0: sequel. Is he herding well, sheep in a city?
1: I don't remember what happens I don't to me in the city. I remember at one point he's like in a hotel or apartment building with stairs like this New York apartment I don't think
2: building. I ever saw that one. I don't. I anyway, only a reference.
1: here is the sequel I want. Because remember when Rex learns the thing he gets told you can only use it if you never use it against the sheep my (laughs) thing is here's the sequel i want so what happens if you use it in a way that harms a sheep like what if he was to use it to get the trust of the sheep and then he starts doing like the old sheep techniques and starts like biting ankles like what sort of like, what is the consequence for breaking the the oath of the sheep? But, you
2: know, if you use this to get their confidence in you, right, you, would never you wouldn't need to bite them because they would yeah. already do what you but, tell but them. But what
1: is, what is the payback? Like, do you get, like, trampled to death by sheep? Is there some sheep god that comes down and, like, laser blasts you to death? What is... what is... The consequence for breaking the shipo.
0: There isn't one. Like they're they're doing this on faith. In that, like Rex promised, and he's on his word never to break it. Like that's I'll it. Just... Is like he would have to go back on his word.
1: I want Babe Three the Revenge. <laughs>
2: When does Rex suddenly get on board and become decide that Babe is his friend?
1: When Babe goes to the because he gets
2: sedated at that one point, and then he, I would think, at that point, it wasn't even his own fault. I mean, kind of because he was jealous at that point, but he gets sedated because the farmer doesn't understand what's going on and had post
1: traumatic stress. On. I would would think if that was me, it would
2: just make me more angry at him. But now suddenly they're good friends and I'm going to go help him win this thing. There is an important
0: moment that I think you're forgetting where Rex changes. And that's where Babe finds out the master eats pigs and he was bought to be eaten and he runs Mm -hmm. away to a cemetery.
2: Because cats are jerks, yeah. Yes, (laughs) because cats are jerks.
0: And Babe is sick and Rex knows that Babe was going to compete and that the master was looking forward to winning the competition. And Rex goes over to Babe, is that you have to get better, the master needs you. So I think in that moment, Rex Rex's loyalty to the farmer is stronger than his hatred towards Babe. So
2: it's it's not that he wants to help Babe win, it's that he's helping the farmer Right, exactly. Because
0: because the farmer was previously let down by Rex because he couldn't compete anymore. He wants to see the farmer happy, and Babe is his ticket for that.
1: And also, Sky asks him to help find Babe.
0: But yeah, there's a very touching moment where Rex gives a speech to Babe, and it's just it's all about how the master needs Babe now, and so our differences don't matter. The master needs you and like his loyalty to the master is primary focus in his life. Huh, I liked this film up until the magic password for sheep everywhere.
1: Oh, I thought it was till the dog makeout scene.
2: Uh, the dog makeout scene is at the very end. It's after they win. I thought it was when all the mice came on introducing new chapters. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. But like I when it started to pick up momentum it was when Babe started to learn how to herd sheep. Uh, and like, I was on board with that. This is an interesting thing for me now. A a pig breaking through his expectations of what he's supposed to do on a farm and becoming something else. That's an interesting story as opposed to just, it's a pig on a farm doing pig things. So I was on board with the story and then like, he's good at it because he's nice and he can talk. And then they, they insert this artificial thing. It's like, okay, now there's a secret password that'll let you do this even better just like uh all right that's kind of but that's what
2: what my point was like the the whole thing was well i guess like you said is because he was friends with ma and she talked the other sheep into following him but that was the whole thing was supposed to be about how being yourself and and being nice to people rather than being the wolf and attacking them And you can still get them to do what you want or be friends, whatever. And now suddenly there's this secret chant that you have to know in order to convince all of the sheep to do it. So I think it
0: would have been uh, a terrible end to the movie. But funny if like Babe just went out there and fell, fell on his face, just failed the competition. Farmer goes home in shame.
2: There are some of those movies out there, too, where you are rooting for somebody and then they end up losing. And that's the whole lesson is you don't have to win in order to be a good person or whatever.
0: Uh, The other part of the scene I enjoyed was the juxtaposition with the wife. The wife has left home at this point to go to some conference for yarn or jam or something. Uh, And her, she's watching it on television, doesn't know the husband is competing, definitely doesn't know the husband is competing with a pig and, like, keeps trying to get her friends not to watch because she's going to be horribly embarrassed by her husband.
2: I like uh, when he faxes in the entry form with this fancy new fax machine that he got, um, and he's like, well, I don't know if this is bending the rules, so I'll just name my animal Pig and see if anybody cares. (laughs) And so when he shows up at the thing, they're all making announcements about... Here comes the farmer with his dog named Pig, and then they're like, wait, that's not a dog. Well, he checked. He checked everything.
0: He did look at the rules first. And even on the entry form, it said,
2: name of entry, not name of dog. Which is not a lie either, because he always just called it Pig. He never even called it by a name. Mhm. I was expecting when he wrote in the
0: name that he would write down Babe and like to me that wouldn't have made sense because there's no reason he should know that name. Yeah. So I'm glad he just wrote it down what he called it, which was, yeah, it's a pig. hmm It's a pig, I'll call it a pig.
2: You know, a lot of times when I'm talking to people, I'll just say, Cat, I don't really use her name very often, <laughs>
1: so. That doesn't work if you have multiple dogs.
2: All right, so
0: end of the film, Babe gets his perfect score, And there's this, I think part of the reason this movie was so popular, did so well, is that it has this final moment in it. Like, that's what keeps people coming back, is they want to see this final moment again and again. Because the, the scenery here is great, in that, like, it's the farmer and babe alone on the field, with, like, the crowd cheering around them, and they do a special effect where like the clouds open up and there's a single beam of sunlight coming down and illuminating these two people and in the foreground on a hill we could see the two dogs together making up and making out and it's just like and you get the the final line of the film which is the the most iconic line of this film
1: that'll do pig that'll do
0: well on that note let's go on to games Our first game is the pitch game, a game in which we put together uh, two or more properties in the form It's This Meets This to describe this film. So, Sarah, you are going to start us off here telling us what Babe is in terms of other things.
1: Right, I'm gonna try to figure out which I think is the yeah. Let's do this one first because this is the most likely to get stolen because <laughs> it is a children's That's usually movie my plan. <laughs> about a very special pig. Ooh, is it some some pig? Uh meets a movie where an underdog wah, ends wah. up. <laughs> <laughs> um, in a special sporting event, getting um, acclaim and attention and getting to fit in with his peers, and he's played by a person with a very likable voice. <laughs>
0: Sorry. So- <laughs> it all makes sense. It maybe uh, is this Charlotte's Web meets Airbud? No. But mm. so the first one's correct. Yes, the first yes. one's correct. Can you fit in with his buddies. Um,
1: D- don't think of dogs for the second one. Don't think of dogs or animals in general. Or not animals. Just just think about an underdog character getting getting to fit in with his peers and getting attention when he when he gets to do something in the. Big competition thing. Big,
0: is it like Little Giants or uh, the Big Green? Uh,
1: closer.
0: Closer, uh, closer. Think uh, bad News Bears.
1: Cl- closer.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, little Rascals? Not Little Rascals. I'm thinking of the baseball one.
1: The
2: Sand lot. Think, t- <laughs>
1: think, think one person.
2: It's a one person though. That, um... Oh, it's a one person sport?
1: No. Okay. It's a one person getting the getting to fit in with his... Oh boy! And and think of a real likable actor, just a real likable actor. That
0: could be anybody. <sighs> just all right. Give us the sport.
1: I think it's football.
0: You think it's football?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely football. Right? Oh, is
0: it? Is it Rudy?
1: <laughs> it is Rudy.
0: Hey, that's.
1: <laughs> all I could think of is like. Someone really getting that, like, at the end of the time, be like, "Yeah,
2: yeah." You know, for you for do do a that while, thing. I was thinking the Water Boy, but you kept saying how it was a <laughs> yeah. likable actor, and I was like, "Yeah."
1: Mm. I was like, <laughs> "You real likable, positive guy. You you find your place." Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Well, then I was thinking Tom Hanks, and I'm like, I don't remember him being in any sports. Oh, movie. Tom because Hanks like- has never played football in his life.
1: Rudy as a pig would be Babe.
0: Yeah, right? I could definitely see that. Sean, Assel- well, that, it's is true a because he would—he really uh, nice was
2: guy. also like the runt of the team because he mm-hmm. was the small one that they didn't like, think could do it.
1: Yeah, you—you you find your place, Babe. You
2: I—I had actually considered using that one and did not. So, <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of Mark, what is your first one? It's been a very long
1: time since I've seen Rudy.
2: <laughs> Let's do this one, I guess. Why not? <laughs> i guess why not uh this is a film where an orphan child is adopted by a family of another species uh, although the patriarch is jealous and does not approve of the new addition, the newcomer stays true to his heart and eventually proves his worth even taking over the elder's role and winning his approval Alrighty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And meeting the story of a pig who was the runt of the litter, raised to be slaughtered as a Christmas feast, feels lonely in his new home and told by the other animals that his only use is to be eaten, but is saved when his closest friend convinces the humans that he has other uses.
1: Huh. Well, I'm still saying the second one is Charlotte's Web.
2: Correct. Oh, okay.
1: And I'm going to say the first one is either The Jungle Book, Tarzan, or George of the Jungle.
2: Well, you'll have to pick one of those.
1: They're all the same! Could it
2: be Tarzan? It is! Because he was true to his heart? Hey! They're
1: all the same.
2: I'm glad you picked up on that. Sarah picked up on it, too. She started singing the song. She started singing (laughs) it, BS. I was
1: just making fun of the fact that those movies are, like, all the same. Well, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, there's like a million uh, carbon copies of, like, Gladiator. I mean, it's basically Ben-Hur, it's basically Spartacus. It's the same thing. Alright, my first one here. A property set on a farm with talking animals following a pig who rises above his station, breaking the established order of the farm, gaining access to the farmer's home, and avoiding getting eaten by sacrificing others. Meats. A film with an animal playing a sport they would normally have no business playing but doing exceptionally well
2: well that sounds like Airbud
1: <laughs> is that Charlotte's Web again <laughs>
0: no it's not Charlotte's Web. both of those are wrong ah uh,
1: is it airbud too <laughs> <Yeah>. uh,
0: it <laughs> one is of a, those airbud movies it's uh, so this is a film I didn't expect you guys to get it is a film I had a VHS is it the one with the horse no that. Oh, is
1: it the one with the zebra?
0: Nope. It is not Racing Stripes. <laughs> uh, but I think you have a better shot at getting the first one than the second okay. one.
1: Something with a pig.
0: Yes. Uh, talking animals, sacrificing other animals, breaking
2: established order, having a revolution.
1: Is it Animal Farm?
2: It is Animal Farm. Yeah. Uh- that's another it. one that i considered using and did not put no, down uh, we'll so now other it. People i mean i
0: considered i, I considered charlotte's web i figured it was gonna get taken yeah and like if you think about animals on a farm it's this it's animal farm or it's charlotte's web yeah
1: i also did animal farm
0: the second one think uh let's see think bipedal animal not human
1: uh kangaroo jack
0: Ooh, nope, He never played a sport. <laughs> Ooh. Doesn't he no. box
1: something? Or is that in the cartoon that he That's, boxes?
0: He, he boxes in the commercials and also in a dream sequence. In the film, he's just a kangaroo. So you may never have seen this movie, so I'll just tell you guys. Uh, so this is Animal Farm meets MVP Most Valuable Primate. <gasps> oh, yes. no.
1: Doesn't he skateboard?
2: No, he doesn't no. skateboard. He plays ice hockey. Yeah. Wait, which is the one? You know I have never a- seen that, skateboard. but I have heard of it.
1: I have to look up I the think you're
0: thinking of the one with like the the uh, the tomboy girl with a backwards
2: hat. That looks like a monkey? No no no. <laughs> she has a monkey friend and Oh, that's the one where she lives in a hotel, right? No, that's Dunstan checks <laughs> in.
1: Uh, apparently it might be MVP two. There's a second oh, one. Oh my
2: god, dummy no, why? It does sound, called- I, I, I do recall something about a monkey that- So the one owns, I was thinking about
0: but- is not a chimpanzee, that's my fault. Uh, it was monkey trouble, is what I was thinking of. And it looks like, I don't know, a capuchin or something.
1: There is, it, it says it's called Most Vertical Primate.
0: <sighs> of course, of course oh, it is. Oh boy.
1: Oh, so I was correct. Right, but- it's the
0: same film series, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Why were there two of them? I know nothing about this film except we had it on VHS and it traveled with me my entire childhood. I don't remember ever watching it, but the title is stuck in my brain. Sarah, your next one, please.
1: Um, this is a movie about a farm where there are a strict social rule hierarchy that then gets overthrown and people find new places and it's just a mess. Uh, me.
2: <laughs> wow. A...
1: a <laughs> Famous pig movie. A a movie where a pig is famous, not a- Gordy. Yes!
2: An animal farm? Yes. Okay.
1: (laughs) Thank you for remembering Gordy.
2: I do not remember Gordy. Ugh. I think he, he he was becomes a pig actor. He, he lost his family but became I think an actor or or yeah. a model or something. Yeah, a he's like in yeah, com-
1: <laughs> he's like in commercials or something. Yeah. He what? wears a little bandana. Oh
2: wow. I probably would've used that if I remembered that existed. Ooh. <laughs>
1: Don't All worry right. about it.
2: Mark, what is your next one? A so-called children's film featuring talking creatures, animal racism, a group of misfits living together, the antics of a peculiar winged friend, and violent animal deaths, including the loss of the main character's mother. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Okay, got it. And... A story teaching that even the smallest, most obscure creature can become the hero, where the young protagonist is separated from family and embarks on his own adventure to the unknown land with new friends, some of whom have ulterior motives, in the end proving his character and saving the day.
1: Well, the first one I think is Bambi. What?
2: No, the first was Land
0: Land Before Time. We were just talking about it. Well, am I correct with Land Before Time? Yes. Okay.
1: Well, I talked about the mother died and the weird I mean, friend. you're not wrong,
0: but if it... Mark's favorite film as a kid was Land Before Time, that's a safer bet. <laughs>
1: Bambi works!
0: It does. It does it work. It works, but that's I don't disagree. It. And what was... Uh, we're the just, Hobbit. I was thinking Ooh. Lord of the Rings.
2: Well, I, I wrote down Lord of the Rings, but yes, basically the same thing as The Hobbit. <laughs> nice. Uh,
1: well, so that I was meant Lord of the Land Rings, Before but I just Time. meant a movie with a Hobbit. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. So that was Land Before Time meets Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Land Before Times.
0: My next one here. A film where an animal new to a farm works to protect the farm's herd from rustlers, even though this animal would not normally fulfill this job, meets a film starring a photorealistic animatronic animal created by the Jim Henson's Creature Shop, where they are taken from their family at a young age and raised by a human. Is the first one home on the range? The first one is home on the range with the yodeling rustler. I've uh, oh, never seen is that. Is the other one Labyrinth? No.
1: <laughs> Polly.
0: It is not Polly. Oh, that's a Sorry, good am
1: Sorry, I have no idea where that came from. I was just like, uh, what are other movies with animals in
2: them? <laughs> On- Andre? Was that the name of that one? With the seal? <laughs> oh.
1: Oh. Uh,
2: that
0: was the name of that, but it's also not the movie I was thinking of. Boo. uh So think... Similar animal to the my first one that we had trouble
2: on.
1: Now I don't even remember what that was.
2: It was NBA, it was a monkey. Most Marvel trouble. Oh, monkey trouble. <laughs> nope.
1: Meet Joe Black. No wait, that oh, was Brad Pitt. Close. The red bit one. close. <laughs> uh.
2: It is a three word <laughs>
0: title with Joe in the middle.
1: What is that one where it's?
0: And the first word does start with an M. You're getting closer.
1: Mighty Joe Young. Mighty yes. Joe Young is correct. I was like, meet Joe Black is that Brad Pitt one, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh, so that was Home on the Range <laughs> like, meets wrong. Mighty Joe
2: Young.
1: I knew which one I was talking about, and I'm like, with the yeah, monkey. And they're she,
2: that was the-, the same one I was thinking of, and so as soon as you said that, that was the only name I had in my head. You so. were
0: thinking of it, but you said Andre Who's a Seal.
2: No, 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 no. After she said it, I was like, oh, Yeah. But I couldn't think of the the actual title. I
1: was thinking of the big ape and and they're in the the wilder, like the the jungle. And I'm like, wait, no, that's the Brad Pitt movie where he's like, (laughs) is he death? Is that what he is in that movie?
0: That's the sixth sense. Mighty Joe Young was um, nearly like the immediate follow-up to Babe for the Creature Shop. They took a brief uh, break in between to make all the dinosaurs for Flintstones. The live-action movie.
1: Might have also said, seen Meet Joe Young in theaters, Mighty, but I can't. Mighty Joe thing.
0: Young. Don't meet Joe Young. Mighty Joe Young.
1: Meet Joe Young. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, my last one. All right. This is a movie property where a character who is trying to always do the right thing, even though it doesn't always fit within the norms of the society, is brought into conflict with someone who has trouble changing or, or finding his place with the changes coming from the modern world and it makes him seem harsh and the bad guy, even though he is not because he's actually just kind of damaged, meets a property that is very British and very old country and involves animals and a a British animal man who, <laughs> who does British animal man things. This one you won't get, because I... Yeah,
0: my immediate thought for the second one was this... Is this the Great British Bake off It involves animals. I mean, it granted, is they're something dead. Very,
1: it is something very BBC-ish.
0: So it's not Beastars,
2: uh, which was my other thought. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's like, are you being served, or one of the... Downton Abbey, or one no, of no. those
1: things. Think, think very country and living in the country and dealing with country animals on on little country farms. Uh, oh, no, I- it,
0: like water ship down. That's very British. Um Mr. Toad and Mr. Frog that's no, not but There there is a
1: human <laughs> there is a human involved.
0: Oh um what's that one with the the rabbit?
1: It is not Beatrix Potter.
0: Okay. I would say Beatrix Potter's books, but yeah, yeah. You know. Do
1: you remember anything about the first one I described?
0: No, nope. it was meandering <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you made it up on the spot. Yep.
1: It was it was two people in conflict, one attempting to do the right thing even though it put him in conflict with society's rules, and the other one who was having uh was very stern and always follows the rules, even though it sometimes made him seem harsh and villainous. So this is describing the relationship between Babe and Rex.
0: Right, right. Um, it sounds familiar, but I can't place anything Oh, it specific. should
1: be very familiar.
2: Captain America Civil War. Is this um, the, <laughs> I odd, mean, the odd couple? I don't no, uh,
1: Mark is weirdly, I would say, closer. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> interesting, interesting.
2: There's a puppy outside. Oh, is it uh, Black Panther? She's too busy singing to listen to our answers now. I think she's giving us a hint.
1: <laughs> I am. I'm
2: trying to piece what this song is. Oh, oh well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows what that song is. Sure, sure,
0: sure. <laughs> it, you were saying it very slowly, which uh, took me a while to get. Uh, but Les Mis. Les Miserables. Yes.
1: how how was
2: i
0: i know but like (laughs) if i just hear it's just like it's a song that you were doing in tempo correctly but it's uh it takes a while for you to get like what the song is is so
1: yes lame is is the first one meets probably something you won't get
0: i probably won't do uh yeah, you can just tell us.
1: It's all creatures great and small.
0: Ah, a thing I've Never maybe heard of, heard of once, but totally forgot about. It yep. is
1: a book series and then a TV show about a British vet in the countryside. Uh,
0: oh, I should have guessed Rosemary and Time, even though it was worse and wouldn't be correct. Uh, anyway.
1: <laughs> I like Rosemary and Time. Oh, no,
0: it's just like it, a very British show. I'm surprised that didn't come to my mind because like that is
2: one of the most British. Anyway, Mark. You have another one, I think. Oh, I do. Um, and one of these, I'm expecting that Kara will not know, but Sarah might. Uh, because it's a children's movie following the story of a poor couple living on a farm where the woman is in charge, trying to make ends meet by making use of the animals they own. A newcomer initially stirs up trouble, and although he may not be the savior they wanted, he becomes the savior they need. Yeah, it's Batman. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not that's not it. Wow, but. I
1: should not have been taking a drink at that point.
2: <laughs> but I liked that you got the reference anyway. So uh, that meets a property involving a hi- hierarchy represented by animals, where dogs, pigs, and sheep play prominent roles. With dogs portrayed as tyrannical leaders who eventually are overthrown when pigs take their place and control the sheep. So the first one I'm pretty sure is Chicken Run, and not Batman. (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) It was a bird of some sort, Sure. Wait, do you think bats are birds? I mean... Should we talk about this? They fly. They are mammals, (laughs) yes, but they fly, so it's close enough. Alright.
1: The second one sounds very familiar, and I'm...
2: Well, the the main point is dogs, pigs, and sheep.
1: Sheep <laughs> go to heaven. Um, it
2: is not a movie as such, but it does have an animated thing that goes along with it.
1: <laughs> is this a Pink Floyd thing?
2: It is! <laughs> Alright. What, what Pink Floyd thing is it?
1: <laughs> is... Is this just the the Animals album?
2: Correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. I told maybe... you, Carl probably wouldn't no, know no. that
0: one. I would have tried to guess two Pink Floyd albums, but I'm. I think I'm only sure in the title of one.
1: Okay, and which one?
0: Uh, is it the wall? Did they do the wall? That, that, is, a, that is
2: one.
1: <laughs> that and is.
0: then the other one is the the prism one, but I don't know the name of that. <laughs> and then there's the one with the lady butts with their back paintings.
2: <laughs> okay, now I was the one taking the drink at the <laughs> wrong time. <laughs> okay. At least you uh, can say, and
1: there's that one with that guy on fire.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's that one too. Um, so I guess, um, <clears throat> so that was uh. Chicken Run meets. Pink Floyd Animals album. (laughs) Alright. My final one
0: here is... (laughs) A, A property with animals on a farm starring a pig, a duck, and a sheep featured alongside a selfish and mischievous cat who lives in a completely different world and... A film featuring an animal playing a sport on a field, nearly getting disqualified because they are the wrong animal, and a bunch of adorable puppies that get taken away.
2: Is is that an airbud movie? It could be. The Golden re- Receiver? Nope, different field, <laughs> but close.
1: Is it yeah. the soccer one? It
0: is the soccer one, what's the name?
1: Airbud. Oh.
0: What's the uh the big championship soccer competition?
2: It's the World
0: Cup. All right. Now World
1: Pup! Yeah, there it is. It is, is
0: Airbud World Cup. Uh <laughs> and the first one you guys probably know, but you may not know <laughs> the name of it. In that like you've definitely seen this. I'm pretty sure. It's
1: Milo and Otis.
0: No. No. <sighs>
2: Oh, I wanted to use that one
0: also, but it didn't really work. So, uh, I say you should focus on more of the, um, the second part of it, which is a selfish and mischievous cat. Who is not from this world. Who is in a different world than the the pig, the duck, and blah blah blah.
1: (laughs) Is it that weird part of Garfield where they go to the farm?
0: It is the weird part of (laughs) Garfield from Garfield and Friends. (sighs)
2: Uh...
0: So it was just, so when they made Garfield and Friends, they put Garfield along another Jim Davis comic strip, which is called U.S. Acres. But wow.
2: yes, that is what I was
0: referencing. I used
2: to love that show.
1: Wow. Why do I have?
2: And it <laughs> had the, the, the little, the little, uh, unborn egg that just. Yeah. The, the,
0: yeah. The guy who refused to hatch. So that was U.S. Acres meets <laughs> Airbud World Pup. Oof. Oh, Let's boy. go on to our second game, which is alternate taglines, a word of phrase you would see in the movie poster for this film that encapsulates the theme, though perhaps misses the point. Alright, so I've got the most on this one, so I'm going to start us off with one I'm I'm guaranteed that you guys are going to groan at and hate, but here we go anyway. Uh it is simply, Babe, a true underhog story. I didn't groan. I did shake my head, though. Yeah, Sarah made a face. (laughs) All right, speaking of, let's go to Sarah for her first one.
1: Babe, return of the duck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is Is that a play on something, or is that just... Okay.
1: Well... I kind of, after I said it, got Return of the Man stuck in my head. (laughs) Return of the Man.
0: All right, because I was thinking, like, Return of the Jedi. Is that a play on that?
1: (laughs) I just, the duck kept coming back, and I was so angry. (laughs) And I'm still trying to figure out which Pink Floyd album you were referencing with the naked women.
2: They're not I think. Women. I think that one is like... It's the it, ladies what,
0: sitting along the poolside and their backs all have there's, paintings. There's a poster and oh, they're Oh, maybe paintings. it's a poster of Pink Floyd albums.
2: Yeah, oh, okay. I think each I one has a different it. album painted on Alright, so it wasn't a Pink Got Floyd it. album. It's not one album. It was album, something it's just, based on Pink
1: all right, Floyd. Alright, because I could yeah. not figure that out. I obviously right. knew the prism one is Dark Side of the Moon. Right, alright.
2: <laughs> anyway, Mark, what is your first one? Babe, this little piggy went to the sheepdog
0: trials. <laughs> not bad. All right. Um my next one here. Babe, nothing in the rule book says a pig can't play dog sport. I think
2: that's a reference to something that I don't know.
0: It's it's the the line from Airbud. Nothing in the rule book oh, says yeah. a dog can't play basketball. And apparently that's a justification for why a dog should join a human sport. There's a lot of things that aren't in the rule book. It's just generally accepted.
2: Well, there were, yeah, there was nothing in there about the pig not being in the sheepdog thing. Uh, oh, I guess Sarah is next, huh? Oh, yes.
1: Babe, not as happy as you remember.
2: <laughs> yeah. it's
1: very simple. That,
0: that is a also very true. Uh,
2: uh, I actually wrote this one before our whole conversation, which makes me laugh. Babe, the pig that ended animal racism, <laughs> except from cats. Because, for some reason, the cat was still a jerk, no matter what happened.
0: (laughs) Well, it's because the cat didn't associate with any other animal. It never left the house. That's also true. Anyway, uh, my final one here is a... um, It's from a property I nearly used in uh, the pitch game. Sarah will recognize it because it's a a play on a line from a song in a musical. Uh, So, my last one here is Babe. Nobody but yous are going to change your story. It's from Matilda.
1: I got it. I I'm was sure just, that cigarette. was my oh, opinion okay. on Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to
0: figure out the musical. Is no, no. saying how bad of a tagline <laughs> that was. Yes,
1: <laughs>
2: I understand. <laughs> well, and see, I don't see her face because I have my games open right now, but I'm sure she was making some kind of face.
1: It definitely was some kind of face.
2: It sure was.
0: (laughs) All right, let's go on to our final game, which is the TV Guide game, a description of the plot of the film you would see in a TV Guide or Netflix description, which is accurate, though, again, possibly misses the point. Mark, you are going to start us off and tell us the plot of Babe.
2: Well, Babe, a coming-of-age tale where an adolescent learns the most important rule of life. To make others like you, you must pretend to be something you are not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty darn good. Um... (laughs) My first one. A young, naive child manages to avoid death multiple times, but only serves in postponing the eventuality of being eaten.
1: Mine gets just right to the point. A pig has an identity crisis to become famous.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, humans have been doing it for years, why not yeah, pigs? I was gonna
2: say. Uh, maybe that's what we need to do now. Oh no. <laughs> it's Mark again. Oh, 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 it's me again. An aging sheepdog becomes jealous when a newcomer hogs the glory. (sighs) Uh. (laughs) some reason, you get more gross than
0: I do, even though we use (laughs) the same pun.
2: You're welcome.
0: Alright, my last one here. After previously missing out on a championship title, a pragmatic coach trains a new competitor and has what he considers an adequate performance at an annual competition. But,
2: But he got a perfect score.
0: Yeah, and he turned to his competitor and said, That'll do.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> All right, Mark, your final one, and then we'll go on to reviews.
2: When a down-on-his-luck farmer spares his wife's Christmas dinner and turns the pig into a sheepdog, he really brings home the bacon. <sighs> yep.
0: <laughs> All righty. So let's go on to our review scale, starting, of course, with our infamous potato scale, telling our audience what they can expect in terms of emotions watching this film in terms of our relationship with potatoes. That was a roundabout way of getting there, but I think (laughs) everyone knows what I meant. Anyway, anybody is welcome to start while I look up the scale and decide my reviews.
1: I want to go with Black Potato for troubling issues. I think we talked about all of those. It's got a lot of depression. Everyone's depressed. Gold potatoes because you get your, like, underdog champion moment at the end. And then I'm gonna give it a steak and shake because I like this movie. Even in spite of all of that. It's not- Sorry, hiccups. Not my favorite but I still enjoyed it. And I think it's fun and pretty. And James Cromwell dancing. Good. (laughs) There you go. There's my potatoes.
0: Potatoes involve James Cromwell.
2: The most famous potato.
1: He he speaks like four lines in this entire movie and he's the best actor in the movie.
2: They did say they, that was part of the narration was about how yeah. he was a man of little words. So
1: But he has such an expressive face. Okay. And
2: and there his jiggies go. were so good. So good. He's getting jiggies. So with it. um Yeah, I actually had some written down and I was just going to wait for someone else to go first, but then Sarah said exactly the same thing, except I only had black potato and gold potato for the depressing moments of the film and seeing so many animal deaths. But the gold potato, because it's... uh, The reason we came up with that one, I think, was during Mighty Ducks because you feel like the champion when you're, like, the underdog team wins the thing at the end. And so when you see Babe win, and it goes back to the what we talked about earlier with the lack of any sound happening through the whole thing and then suddenly everybody all erupts at once with their cheering and the music comes in and it just gives you that big swell of emotions to finish off the movie on a high note i did not have the steak and shake potatoes um but black and gold i think
0: yeah i'm gonna go uh right along with you guys i swear i'm not just stealing your ratings this is how i actually you feel sure? independently of all of you uh, but yes, I think Gold Potatoes is completely accurate. Like, the the final competition is this is getting such a good treatment by the film. You can't help but be proud of Babe at the end of it. Even though, like, he doesn't do a lot of the work himself. He is still like, you're happy that this pig who's only been nice throughout the entire film gets his moment in, well, literally in the sun. Uh, but yeah, you're thrilled that he... Um, wins the competition both for him and for the farmer at the end of the film. I'm not going to go black potatoes because we also have on a scale blue potatoes, uh, who says it's an adult downer, uh, which I think that's an important distinction because I don't think kids would pick up on these, these big dramatic moments because... Mainly, they're not happening to Babe. I think kids watching this would side with Babe, and everything works out for Babe. The other characters aren't nearly as important, and even like the big death things, I don't know if a
2: a kid would necessarily pick up on that. I mean, seeing the 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 mother sheep all full of yeah, blood that's, and that's dying the, on
0: screen—that's the <laughs> one that maybe not great for kids. But like they mentioned in passing that like babe's family died and like because it's mentioned in passing a kid just wouldn't pick up that his mom and all of his brothers and sisters are dead now
2: and seeing the duck get chopped up like off screen you don't even see it you just right the and even at,
0: so- at christmas dinner, they're eating duck but it's not a duck that we've met before and so like they maybe wouldn't care so much about that all right, and my final His siblings potato, are probably
1: aren't dead yet. His siblings probably aren't completely dead yet. They're probably not fat enough.
0: I don't know if they if they got sold. They the
2: run, so they could have grown faster. It's
0: true, uh, and yeah, my final one I wrote down was uh, Tater Tots. I think this this film definitely has good messages for children. And I think children would enjoy it, like especially the mice and like the chapters. I think the, the starting and stopping again, I think for me as an adult made the momentum kind of broken up and didn't play as long. I think for a child that may be more important in that like having that moment where you see the chapter thing might bring their attention back into the film as opposed to like separating it. Like they need something to catch their attention and bring them back in and a start of a new chapter might do that for them. Uh, So anyways, total together, I think I've got tater tots made of gold and blue potatoes. Alrighty, so let's go on to our second review scale, which is a more traditional zero to
2: 10 scale. Telling our audience should they go back and watch this film. I remember thinking to myself, I don't have kids currently, no children in my house, and until I do, I don't really know that I would ever go back and watch this again. So, I for the things that we've talked about, it is actually a good movie. Um, and you get those that you know you want the babe, babe to win at the end and if you you can stay I don't you can stay in the movie like like it, it keeps you into the story and you want them to win in the end but for me it wasn't something that I'm gonna go back and re-watch all of the time and and so I I think as with everything that I say almost every review if you've never seen it it's worth watching sure. <laughs> if if you have seen it, before it may not necessarily be worth going back to unless you want that nostalgia and and uh, comparing your opinion to ours so so i gave this one a 5.75 okay uh it's higher than the middle of the road and based on again some of the ones we've already rated it falls kind of in that range for me hmm I'm going to go higher because the number I had in mind
0: while watching this, even though like at parts I've, I've probably been more critical of the film than you two while watching it. And it's just like, I think that's partially because it's interesting to me to talk about where this film falls short because it is uh, a film that like brings everything together at the end and has that really good ending in it. And I think that's partially why it made so much money. It's like people remember the final moment in this film and it is very well done um and so what i had in the back of my mind is like i'm thinking an eight for this film uh i think if it was animated it could have certainly gone lower i think part of that score is also the amazing technical accomplishments of this Uh, in that they can intersplice real animals with animatronics, and there's really no difference between them. Uh, I certainly couldn't tell most of the time what I was looking at, and I think that in and of itself is incredible. And this film has some very good moments in it as well.
1: I give it an eight and a half. I have no reasons. I just like it. It makes me happy. <laughs> I, I was
2: waiting for Sarah to be like, I give this movie a 12. Yes. <laughs> so, Sarah,
0: I was expecting... Normally what happens is when I say, like, let's go into our second review scale. You shout out a rating at the very beginning, give no justification, and then me and Mark go. <laughs> I was so expecting you to do that this time. And, like...
1: I. Did already have a number written down, but I just wanted to see. Um, no, but I think it it doesn't beat out the Muppet. But I think if it came on TV, I would probably stay and watch it. I think it's it it has some depressing stuff, but on the scale of like like totally happy normal to like I don't know watership down levels of like mess up your childhood, it's somewhere in the middle. Like just has enough like normal depressing human. Stuff that, like, let's get used to children having it's, to live in this human world. It's just funny
2: that you, th- because, like, I think I would probably, well, and I haven't seen it in forever, but I feel like I would watch a Watership Down thing before I would watch this one again, so that's uh, Yes,
1: but Watership Down, <laughs> I would say, is definitely more... Uh, mentally scarring to children. There's definitely a lot more murder bunnies in Watership <laughs> Town. So, like, yeah, this I think film had very just, little
0: like, murder bunnies. I didn't see as one. much <laughs>
1: as it's like depressing, it's all like this is normal, like human emotion, as opposed to like very rarely in your life are you gonna like get chased out of your home and like get murdered by like everything. Um, whereas like. You may lose ties with members of your family and get depressed or have something bad happen to your health and have to relearn how to live your life and be depressed or, I don't know, find out. I mean, you're not going to find out that humans are going to eat you, but sure. like, I mean, find I out mean, you oh, don't you might, fit in. <laughs> find out you have to go to a new place and that you don't quite fit in. Like, th- those are normal human emotions that's supposed to, again, murder bunnies.
0: And death is like the biggest emotional moments this year, so it is death and like that's yeah. a human thing that happens like people in my family died when i was a child and like maybe it's important for children to see how to deal with that in some of the properties that they see
1: it's one they talk about with bambi with the mother dying and they're like why does it just go on so quickly?" and they talk about why they did that in the movies because because that's how it happens life just goes on
0: yeah it's sudden it's horrible and then the next day happens and you need to keep moving on
1: and and that was when they talk about indifference stuff that that was something that they did for that movie and and i think it's these human emotions and human situations put into situations with animals but it it's more getting kids used to human emotions as opposed to like, you're not gonna get eaten by a T-Rex is something that's gonna like, things that were like traumatizing to me as a child were like scenes with creepy T-Rexes or like the demon monster from Fantasia or like the air conditioner like melting down in (laughs) Brave Little Toast. Why did you give me that face when I talked about the demon monster from Fantasia? That's a terrifying scene.
2: I mean, it's just music playing with a guy throwing fireballs at fantasy creatures.
1: it's terrifying to me. Um, like that stuff scared me, but it's like, oh, someone died. And I'm like, yes, that's life. People die. People get depressed.
0: Yeah, from what I learned from films as a kid, I thought I was gonna have to deal with quicksand a lot more as an adult. Has no. not come up yet.
1: You, you got, but if you do, surface area.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta, gotta you gotta lay flat.
1: You got a starfish. <laughs> All right. There's our tri- There's our tip for you today. Anyway, eight and a half.
0: Yes. All right. So that's going to close out our review scale. Uh, Sarah, can you tell our audience where they can find us online if they choose to do so?
1: Never. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook at Retrograding Podcast. You can find each other. Just a second. I'm gonna see. No, I'm not. <laughs> so you, can, you can find each other at... Uh, Retrograding Party Line. Our website is retrograding.fireside.fm and our music was done by Dominique Barnes. Who
0: continues to be great. Alright, so our final segment as always is Guys, I Learned Something Today where I tell our audience something I gleaned from watching this film and can take into their own personal lives and mull over for a month until our next episode comes out. And so the lesson I took from this Or I should say, guys, I learned something today. Is that you should find a purpose for your life or life will eat you up. Um, And that's not great. I know it. But that's going to close out this episode of Retrograding. We will catch you guys next time.
2: life will eat you up
0: <laughs> you, you know i i i didn't have one and that was one of a kind of a game i had that's like something i jotted down for the guide games uh and so like i don't know we needed to close uh i gotta feed king eventually so i just went with it